listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Big Idea Friday, which means you'll be hearing Sangram share a specific concept that has transformed the way he lives his life and leads his business. Like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. All right, every single Friday, I'm gonna do a video on my book writing. So, a lot of people have asked me, Sangram, you've written two books, you're writing another book, what does the process look like? How do you decide what to write about? How do you do research? How do you figure out what services you're gonna go with? How do you figure out the timeline? How do you do interviews? A ton of questions, and I've been doing that one-on-one with so many people. So I finally decided to release a video which will be in the peak community, but the audio will be right here. So if you wanna see a lot more notes, a lot more commentary, go check out peak community. Uh, but if you wanna just hear the journey every single Friday, I'm just gonna drop in a video right here for you. And if you have any questions, just hit me up on LinkedIn and I would make sure that I cover that up um, in these videos. And again, this is, <laughs> this is scary for me, but I hope you can follow along. And along the way, if some of you get inspired and do write their own book, I wanna make sure that I can help you in every way possible. So right now, starting today, check this out. Welcome to another fun episode of Flip My Phone Podcast. Sangram here, I'm here to David Breyer. Wrote a book on brand intervention. And the book is talk, talks about 33 steps to transform the brand you have into the brand you need. And he and I have been in a LinkedIn group and I'm starting to love uh, the content that you've been producing, especially because as a marketer or sales or leader, I think we all have these thoughts around why is this brand doing such a thing and why is that brand better? And a lot of times we don't take the time to really understand it. And uh, I've always felt like with David, he takes the time to really get into the details of it and then bring back his perspective. So we're going to jump into some of that. It also has this incredible tagline or description that talks about he helping companies or has worked with that has helped do 1 billion in sales. So we are going to jump into that. So guy of a lot of different talents. So, and then finally, I think we're going to jump into Alexa because I think he's one of the very few people who have been putting a lot of content on Alexa. So we're going to talk about how audio is, is one of the next frontiers for, uh, for leadership and marketing, sales, brand building. So all that to say is that a lot of cool stuff. David, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. All right. So let's, let's just jump into the book first. Like Brandon mentioned, when did you write it and why did you write it? Cool. Well, it, it came out November of 2017. So basically last year, it was after a few things had occurred over the course of, I've been doing this for over three decades, right? And so what I found, and the odds are ridiculously against this happening, but what I found was that there were a series of points and questions and misconceptions and confusions that companies had. And, it, and they were universal. So it could be a new company. It could be a, a total startup. It could be a company that's been in the business for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. It could be for a city. I've branded cities. It could be for products, services. It didn't seem to matter. They always came up. And the few times that I might be in a meeting where I think, oh, I'm not even going to mention this particular point. They, of course, know it. It would bite me in the ass just, to, you know, like within whatever, later that meeting or with a follow-up email. And I'm like, they didn't know. I mean, so 
I just, be, it just became, there are points that I always covered. And I was like, you know, there's only so much of me, so many hours in a day, so many places and channels. How could I actually sort of make myself scalable? Really was kind of the question. 24 seven, no matter the time zone, didn't matter. How could that be? And so I looked at the idea of the book and I looked at the idea of the book for a few reasons. One is because and not every, and not every knows this just because I know what people ask of me when they finally read the book and they're like, so who does your design? I said, you're talking to him, dude. (laughs) Because I mean, you and I both know, you know, you aren't what you make or produce or, or, or it, you're, you're, you are the value. You are the outcome that you make possible. You're the transformation that you make possible. So I don't really say it to people, hey, I'm a designer. I do design. It helps bring about the fact that I create brands and I help companies explode, but it's one of those tools. So years ago, I, I, it's like, am I a designer? Yeah. Is that my profession? I'm, no, I kind of really, I blast, I elevate brands. I take them to a whole new place. So that was the thing that I basically wanted to design it. I wanted, I wanted to do what I knew other brilliant minds didn't have the same skill set as doing. Like, for example, I love Simon Sinek. I love Seth Godin. I love a lot of what Gary Vee is doing. I, I, I love a lot of the various uh, players in the space, Damon John. But you know what? They're not designers. They don't have the ability. You could put me in a room with them. I, I'm able to design. I come up with the slogans. I develop the brand stories. I do all of these things. So I wanted to take my unique set of skills and bring them all together. So that way I could really provide a package and people have been blown away by the design of it, by the content of it, because for those that don't know me, I'm a native New Yorker. And so it's very in your face, not in a way that's, that's abusive, but it's in your face in terms of, if I could say something in one sentence, I'm not going to now say it in 20 sentences (laughs) or several chapters. I'm not, I value your time as the reader. You're a busy person who needs to get stuff done in the world. You don't need me to get poetic when I can say it in bang, A to B point. Oh, I love that, man. I love that. David. You know, I was reading a book by Andy Stanley, who is very well known from communication as a preacher, but he, he has also been like 20 years of running a church, one of the greatest I think, churches in Atlanta. So I was, he's published like 20 or so books. And, and he said in his stuff, like, well, how do you... How do you stand up every Sunday and give something that is compelling when you already know the book is there and everything, everybody knows everything that possibly has to do, at least at a high level? How do you do that? And his point that you made me really realize right now is he's like, you have to make it very memorable so that people can actually remember it and thereby they can repeat it. So you have to make it memorable so it is repeatable. You have to make it memorable so it's repeatable. So that point just made me so much think around it. It's like, well, you know, a lot of the people who do really good, you think about Seth Godin, you think about Simon Sinek, you talk about Gary Reed. Some people may like some of them. Some people might hate some of them. But what we cannot do is we cannot, we can, we cannot ignore them uh, right. because of who they are and how they do these things. So I, I love, love that. The, the, one of the recent videos, David, that I saw and I thought would be really cool to chat about on this podcast was around your... Talk. I think you were somewhere overseas. You're talking about helping your brand breathe versus letting it suffocate. Could you unpack that for a little bit? Oh, absolutely. 
So what happens is when you're dealing with a brand, when you're dealing with telling your story, there are a few dynamics and things that occur. First of all, companies confuse passion, their, their own passion with relevance. Okay. In other words, it's there. It's, it's almost like not being able to tell the difference between your internal dialogue that's going on for you versus the external dialogue that's going out there in the world. And so what happens is, is there's this passion. It's like, oh man, we worked hard and we spent, you know, we invested all this money and blood, sweat and tears and all this kind of stuff and blah, 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 blah. And you get this, you get this element of this internal dialogue, this internal conversation. And what happens is, is they then forget now we're, once you're done, you're now in the job of exporting this to the world. And the only way to get it out to the world is through what I call, and it's covered in the book, branding, which comes down to a four-word definition. It's the art of differentiation. So differentiation is our job when we're telling a story out there. People are not going to remember a story that's the same, that they feel that they've heard five, 10, 20, or 100 times. If you sound similar, essentially, you are essentially similar. You could have the most breakthrough, revolutionary, amazing innovation. But if you've packaged it in the way that the story is told, where it sounds like yesterday's news, you know what? It's yesterday's news. It isn't innovative. It isn't a revolution. And so the thing that happens is this thing called cliches, because cliches literally suck the life out of the brand. They completely suck the life out of the brand. And, you know, one of the things that, I mean, you and I have heard this, and we, I think many probably of your listeners have probably heard this too. One of the most popular things I think over the last 18 to 24 months is this thing when someone's saying, oh, tell us about your company, especially if you're talking to a startup, they'll use this phrase. Well, we're the, we're the next Uber of, which we all can't stand. And, and now, now that may have been good for the first company that said that, the first company that said that, but not when you're the 20th, the 30th, the 50th, the 100th that says, well, we're the next Uber of, catering. We're the next Uber of software. We're the next Uber of this. We're the next Uber of that. And people go, well, oh, if I hear a next Uber, I'm going to shoot myself. So, so what happens is, is that using a brand, using a good, well-differentiated brand story will give you the opportunity and your, your message and your story and your creation to breathe and be embraced by others. And cliches are going to absolutely suck the life out of it's like, and that's why I say this thing about you could be passionate, you could be drunk, intoxicated on your, your own Kool-Aid of how amazing we've done this revolutionary, life-changing thing. But if you use cliches, it will suck the life out of all that innovation, all of that energy, all of the investment. You might as well, if, that, if that's the case, if someone's invested 100000 500000 a million, $5 million into a project, there should be a clause, which is if you use cliches, you will refund our investments to us. <laughs> I think I think last people will be giving out money right now, maybe owing money. <laughs> this brings me to to this this thought around, like you know, when I was reading Behind the Cloud book by Mark Benioff, he did kind of continue to talk about it, where he said you the way they kind of position go back to like 99 and stuff like that. And to your point, like certain things work for some period of time and then it stops. And you need to recognize when it stops, to stop. Otherwise, you just are a, a copycat of something else and it doesn't work good. So that, I think it's a great point there. In his time, when they came up with this idea of no software and wanted to get people behind it, and they were trying to go against Siebel, 
at that time. And oracles, if, you know, that's how we get data ourselves because most people don't even have not even heard about Seabell right now. But if, if you go back and look at the, the case study around how Salesforce became Salesforce and the things they looked at it, one of the defining things, to your point of the art of differentiation, they came up with what everybody was on the Kool-Aid off, which was, hey, we want to have on-premise stuff, on-premise stuff. That was the only thing. You never get fired if you can get anything from IBM, right? That was the cliche of that day. If I could equate that, I'd love to, to hear what you what your thoughts go around that. And I think he came and did what you are just proposing, which is, you know what? I'm going to go the opposite direction of this thing. I'm going to figure out a way to differentiate. And we're going to go through this idea of no software. You don't need on-premise. As a matter of fact, that is cool because you don't want to be stuck with IBM. IBM, which you can never get fired from if you get about IBM, he made that actually a bad thing. Yeah. That hey, if you do IBM and that you're old school, like what, what's wrong with you? So I think the art of differentiation, uh, to your point, is such a big deal. I don't know if this resonates with your idea. How you well, it does because, I mean, put it this way. I've seen a lot of transitions and I find it always very interesting. And there's some, sometimes you're quick to embrace them. Sometimes you're slow to embrace them. When I, one point I made, and I actually, in the video that you referenced, I made reference to the fact that when I got into the industry, there was no internet, <laughs> yeah. right? Which is like, which some, some of your listeners are probably going, excuse me? <laughs> was it a wall? Yeah. yeah. Was there a wall? <laughs> you know, how, how, were there doors? <laughs> and so, you know, but at the same time, when I, you know, I'm a, I love music. I am a real fan of music. So I grew up on records. And then after that, there were, you know, there were cassettes and eight tracks. And then there were CDs, which were the future, right? And it's like when, and so, and so of course, when CDs happened, that was like the first sort of digital shift. And then all of a sudden, we all, all of those of us who were into music, we started to replenish our record collections with CDs. And then all of a sudden it became, well, wait a second. Now all of a sudden it's digital, it's digitally available. And then it became, it's like even it kept getting smaller. Now it's just streaming. It's almost like you don't even get the item. So one of the things, to your point, that I actually went over on, uh, on my Alexa skill a few weeks ago was the fact that we as brands, we're in the job of making the world smaller. And what I mean by that is that, so for example, let's, let's look back. This is, again, pre-internet, but the principle is the same. If you look at Sears, which just went bankrupt, yep. if you look at Sears, what did Sears do? Sears took, let's look at the landscape at the time. At the time, we did not have an interconnected world. We did not, so we didn't have the internet. We didn't have that. We had some radio. We had some, some TV and that's just like that. Those are the only things that kind of connected us to the outside world. But people lived in smaller towns and whatever they had for shopping destinations was what they had. So they might have two shops, three shops, four shops. This is pre-mall, right? Malls didn't exist yet, right? So we have this landscape. So all of a sudden, along comes Sears, and they eventually grow to this 500-page catalog, which would, now, what they've done is they transformed our mailboxes into the world of shopping. I can now get anything. I'm not limited by my town. Well, what did Amazon do? Amazon, instead of going with, the, with the, just the mailbox, they actually took this thing, which all of a sudden, everyone has a mailbox. Now, all of a sudden, everyone has a computer. Everyone has a desktop. They turned, they did the same exact, it was the same model. What they did is they now made it so that you and I could go to this little channel of communication. That's all mailboxes is a channel of communication. 
And what's a computer? It's a channel of communication. It's a portal. So we can now go there and I can find anything that's made anywhere. And I can have it shipped anytime, you know, <laughs> and I can go online any time of the day or night, whatever. And so they, what did they do? They made the world smaller, right? You know, you take iTunes, you know, it took the big world of music, you know, it used to be, again, let's look at the transition. It used to be, I'd have to go to the record store. I'd have to actually go someplace, go to a record store and rummage through the albums. Did they have my album in stock or not? And blah, blah, blah. Well, now all of a sudden, I don't have to go anywhere. I have my desktop or my laptop or my mobile device, and I can literally go and I can find however, however many songs, 40 million songs or whatever it is, day, night, whenever, I can download it, bang. You know, and so anyway, so the, uh, we're all in the job of making the world smaller. We're taking what used to be far away from us or less convenient, or we had to go through several channels. Now, all of a sudden, it's our collective job to take that and bring it smaller. So to your point, it's like, yeah, it's an inconvenience. Now, it's like, you don't have to do anything physical. That's a problem. What used to be the solution is now the problem. And that's where innovation occurs. I love that. What, yeah, I think that's how innovation, transformation, everything happens for sure. Let's talk about this, this big area that I personally have not explored. So I'm really curious myself where it seems like you have kind of doubled down on is Alexa. Yeah. And what, so share what you're doing on Alexa, what's your rhythm look like and how are you, why are you doing that? Sure. So being, uh, you know, I, I mean, I do enjoy Gary V's riffs and I think he's, I think he's very insightful. I think he has a good ability to look at the kind of the microcosm of business and the macrocosm of business. Yeah. And, and, you know, probably a couple of years ago he was going, you know, voice is the next frontier, which personally I found hysterical because that means that we're going back to radio. <laughs> yeah. So to me, it's like, we're going, wait a second. You just said that what was the only form of entertainment 50 years ago is now the next revolution. I, I just found that to be rather, uh, rather amusing and entertaining. But, you know, when he framed it and said, hey, you know, it's going to be where with all these devices, you have, you have these Bluetooth inter interacting devices, et cetera. It's all quite there. You have Siri and you have Alexa and they're helping and they're doing this and doing that. So I was like, you know, the, the, the barrier to entry is low. I could get on there. Let me explore that. People have given me good feedback on the sound of my voice and my ability to frame and provide content and context. And so I was like, all right, let me, let me give this a shot. So, you know, now we're into, I think I just published episode 107 and people are, are digging it. People are enjoying it. I initially, my plan was to do it five days a week. But the one thing to understand for those that aren't familiar, the thing about Alexa is if I'm, you know, cause there are, there are the big players, there's the NPRs, there's the wall street journal, there's all, you know, the big players. But then there's, then there's those of us who are, it's not as populated as the podcast space right. where there's a lot of players. So it's early on, it's really early on in the curve. So there was the opportunity to really kind of carve that niche. So my Alexa skill is what's next in branding. It's been ranked number one in categories of branding, rebranding. It's actually even been ranked for number one for even Shark Tank and other keywords and things that I talk about. So branding, rebranding, and all that. And what I do is I give a, a, very, a very short, insightful, but actionable way to approach. It's really a lot about the mindset that you and I need to have if we're going to crush it. If yeah. you're showing up at a party, and what, I, what I'm calling a party is whether it's 
a meeting, whether it's an industry, whether it's whatever. I'm talking the, the business definition of party. <laughs> if you're showing up at that party, you need to be on your game. You, need to, you can't show up and just sort of do the usual. You can't just show up and shake someone's hand and sort of smile at them. and da, 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 da. It's like, what are you going to talk about? What's your point of relevance? Because that's what business is about. It's about relevance. It's about meaning. It's about knowing your role in the game of things. And so I talk about those things and how to tackle those things. And people have been, I mean, the feedback that has been, the feedback has been phenomenal. People have obviously been noticing it. And what I do, because I'm not a half in kind of guy, I won't, I won't just drop the episode and then just let it ride. I'll share it on LinkedIn. I'll take a sound bite. I'll take the great three to seven words and I'll do that with a, a headshot or an appropriate visual. And people love those. They kind of, they see those. It's become part of the brand. So to me, if one's going to jump into the Alexa pool, I would say be cognizant, be aware. Like for example, you and I, you and I both know Jeremy Slate. Yeah. Right. So Jeremy introduced me to somebody that wanted to introduce me. And this is just the principle that I'll, I'll circle back to this. Introduced me to somebody that wanted to do, have me as a guest on their podcast. And I'm looking at podcasts. Now you have to understand, I don't just, I don't just speak. I also, I come from the background of design. So I'm very image conscious. I'm very aware of, am I noticing your icon when I look at your thing? And some of these podcast little icons, they suck. I mean, they're really bad. And they're, they're, they're easy to forget that you don't, they're not catchy. They're, they're not visually catchy. They're just terrible. And so this particular person who I'll keep this, I don't want to throw them under the bus. I'll just say, you know, their, their visuals were, were terrible. And I was like, why, why that? And so I went in and I thought, I spoke to Jeremy because Jeremy's really, he's, a, he's awesome on the podcast base. He knows what he's doing. And we've known each other for a while. And I found out that he'd been following me for a couple of years, like, basically emulating everything that I talked about. And he, and he credits me a lot for what he is. I'm honored to about, but what happens is, is I go, I say, Jeremy, how the hell drive traffic? How do you do this? I, I, I don't understand the, the mechanics and the dynamics. And he goes, and he explained it to me. And I said, I have a question. I said, you know, he is promoted. Oh, and what he had explained was kind of like, it, it didn't satisfy my curiosity. Right. So I looked, I said, you know, when a movie is promoted, when they spent, you know, 40 million, 60 million, $200 million to make a movie. Now they're going to spend another 70 to a hundred million to promote it within a killer trailer. They're going to whet your appetite appetite, and they're going to do what you and I know in, in the sales business, in the business of selling anything, you allow people to sample stuff and blogging is a form of sampling going into, going into home foods. When you, you turn a corner and they've got these little things and they're sampling or the or these mattress companies who say have our mattress for a hundred nights if you don't like it return it you know or software they'll give you seven days or thirty days it's all sampling so I said why don't you sample dude and and I explained my my concept and I get, and I actually said here's a tool online it really is great it's really simple to use do this he said his engagement twenty x after he implemented this. After he implemented this, just sharing it on LinkedIn and where other social channels, it literally 20X'd his number of, of downloads and engagements with regard to his podcast. Yeah. So I look at that kind of thing. So with regard to the Alexa, I look at, I look at a, is there a snippet 
visually or otherwise. And I, and I just find these little, I've kind of really into since I wrote the book, because the book, I think my whole premise of the book was business books that I would read 250 page, 300 page business books to find that there was only 10 pages that had the, had the gold. And then there was a whole bunch of other stuff. To, and, and I felt it was like a slap in the face. I said, author, don't you respect enough to say, if you just want the real stuff, go to pages 249 to 259. And if you want a little more, you know, there may be some value before and after, whatever. But here's the real goal. That would show me some respect. That's actually a great idea. I mean, the next book I write, I'm making sure that that's what I do is like, for people who, are, who want to just get to the stuff, go read this three pages. I, I think that's a phenomenal idea. Yeah. Right. So, uh, dude, we, I mean, I, I took a ton of notes. I always, <laughs> always do on like, and it, it's never shortage. So it's, it's awesome. So I'm going to summarize maybe two or three big ideas that I could capture here. And then David, I would love for you to share one challenge with the audience who might be thinking about branding themselves, their company, just one yep. challenge that they can go and do tomorrow. All right. So, so the things, the big ideas for me was, you know, there's several. One is the art of differentiation. I feel like everybody needs to really think about like, you know, or try to just answer this question. How are you different? What, why is somebody going to buy from you or your competitor? I feel like it's a really important to figure out. And if you don't find, if you can't figure out what the art of differentiation, then you're going to fall into this cliche topic that, that you really talked about that will suck the life outside of your brand. It will take you away from who you are originally, who you are authentically, that actually what, what would be valid in the market to fall in the same general category. And that will be pretty much the death of your brand. And you want that to happen. So the order of differentiation is super, super important to be the original and authentic self of yourself. The second big idea uh, along those lines, figure out a way of how you're making, making the world. And at first, I didn't get until you explained. So I felt feel like that was a really, really important thing to, do, to look at is that everybody out there is trying to make it more convenient, more easy, more faster, and all these things, right? So those is what now I understand is when he said, oh, we'll make the world smaller. So figure out a way how your brand is making the world smaller because that's what your customers want. They want a faster, convenient, easier process of have. And then finally, I love the third part, which is man, sampling the snippets, the idea of Alexa and figuring out what next thing. I feel like you're really jumping into ahead of it where it's not crowded right now and people are jumping. So I'm going to my 2019. One of the things I want to do is like really test this out. So you will be hearing from me, David. I'm like, well, how do you do that kind of stuff? But I feel like that's great. Like, and, and I think take away, you may not do Alexa, but Try and find something for your own space that is unique to you, that might be interesting. Maybe none of your competitors are like crowding around. Don't, don't just try to do what others are doing. Try to do something that nobody else is doing in your space. And a lot of times that can come from a completely different industry altogether. If you're in B2B, look at a B2C company. Or if you are a packaged good, look at a software company. Whatever it is, find something that, that is interesting that you would do and then get others to follow that. I think that, that would be the greatest thing. So those were some of the top takeaways. I'm sure there are more um, that will add to the show notes. But David, what is the one challenge you want to share with the listeners that they can take action on? Absolutely. I mean, your summaries were awesome. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed listening to it here, listening, going, these are good, man. These are awesome. <laughs> okay. I mean, I love this. This is one of my favorite things to do because I used to, when I started doing podcasts, I used to just listen and then I would just, hey, thank you so much for you go, right? And then I would get, 
people messages around it. And I'm like, yeah, like, how was the podcast? And they'll say, hey, that was great. And then I'll ask, well, what did you learn from that podcast? And they're like, uh, I don't remember. Like, I think it was a really great conversation. I started to feel like I'm not, I'm doing disservice to not only the listeners, but also to the person who is, uh, who's taking the time to share all these ideas. So I think even if it's not every idea, I feel like these two, three, I think hopefully people are going to go and say, yeah, I need to think about the differentiation. I want to figure out how to make rent smaller. I want to figure out how to assemble and snippet my stuff. I think that's something people can take and do something with. Brilliant. Brilliant. No, I, I completely agree. And I think that that's brilliant. The challenge that I would give to your listeners complements one of the points you, you brought about, which is the art of differentiation. And by the way, for those that are, that are hearing this for the first time saying, wow, that's really great. The art of differentiation, do yourself a favor and just go buy the book, buy brand intervention for yourself. Trust me. I mean, trust me. I mean, it's, it will, I am not over promising and under, under delivering. You will love it. It will change your mindset as to how to brand effectively. And it gives you practical tools. Here's the little pothole. When you're doing that, here's the little trick, the little secret that makes it really work. So you, so you figure out, you say, okay, so how are we different? Blah, 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 blah. Now, nine times out of 10, the stuff that you're going to say falls into this category. It's going to be the same stuff that your competitors are using. Now, that doesn't mean that what you just said was untrue. It doesn't mean that it was irrelevant. And it doesn't mean that, that it's not worthwhile. But what it means is it doesn't do its job, which is communicate your point of difference. So the challenge is, this is not an exercise of, okay, state in some way or write down how you're different. That's not the exercise. The exercise is write that down. And here's your challenge. Now look at your top three to six competing companies that, are, that you're really kind of competing in business with and look at what their messaging is. And if you discover, which a lot of you will, that, wow, our stuff really sounds very much like them. Like if you could literally transpose your logos and basically the message would be the same, you know you don't have it, okay? Right. <laughs> it becomes that simple. So the thing I would say is, if it sounds the same, like you need to dig a little deeper. It just means, so I challenge you to look deep enough and then cross-check it. And if your promises, if your assertions, if your declarations, if the reason why you should be being chosen sounds similar or identical to these other companies, you haven't found your point of difference yet. And then just restart, just re-go over and go, okay, so what really is our difference that people outside of these four walls, the people in the outside world who don't yet know us will go, wow, that's really different. It may be the way that you service. It may be the speed that you service. It may be a more personal approach. It may be less layers to get to the final outcome. It may be a more seamless distribution channel, whatever it is. So you need to kind of work it out. It may be in your product. It may be how you deploy your product. It may be to whom you actually service. Maybe like, for example, and I'll give you this as a final little context. When Apple came out with the iPod, and this is way, this is before the iPhone, before the iPad, before, you know, all of this stuff that was like, they're kind of like their first almost mobile device, but it was just basically an MP3 player. 
they didn't ask themselves, how are we different and say, well, it's our design. It's our this, it's our that. What they did is they worked out, how did they show the world they were different? They didn't talk about that. First of all, they didn't talk about technology. They didn't actually, they didn't show the device as like, sort of like, hey, look at our little click wheel. They almost didn't even talk about that. It was after the fact. They instead showed people immersed in the experience. And, you know, it was loud music and it was colorful and it was the different singers. And you saw the little white silhouette of the earbuds and the wire going down to this little rectangle around their belt, around their midsection. And that's what you saw. And they closed it with a thousand songs in your pocket. That was because they defined their point of difference in terms of this is about people. Yeah. And it's about a thousand songs in your pocket. It's not about our technology because the iPod was the third or fourth MP3 player. It wasn't the first. So they defined that. So you need to know who you're talking to. So it may be the audience that you service because they didn't answer the question stupidly and say, who's our audience? Well, anybody with ears. That would have been a stupid answer. So you want to be intelligent. You want to be attentive. You want to pay attention. Love that, man. I absolutely love that. David, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely, man. I totally appreciate it. And thank you. I, I think your questions were great. And hey, look, if, you're, if your listeners ever want to reach out, they have questions, they're kind of like, wow, that, was, that really got me thinking. Tell them to, to like reach out, go visit the website, connect with me on LinkedIn, come wherever. That's great. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.